Hi, I'm Amit Sharma at the All in Food Studios of the Food Decisions Research Laboratory at Penn State's School of Hospitality Management. Welcome to this podcast from our studio facility in the Merritt Foundation building of the School of Hospitality Management. Substance abuse is defined as the overindulgence in or dependence on an additive substance, especially alcohol or drugs. Substances referred to in this definition could include alcohol, prescription medications, illicit drugs, and tobacco. Drugs can be of different types and are numerous, such as cannabis, hallucinogens, inhalants, opioids, sedatives, hypnotics, and anxiolytics, stimulants, tobacco, and other substances. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, substance use disorders occur when the recurrent use of alcohol and or drugs causes clinically significant impairment, including health problems, disability, and failure to meet major responsibilities at work, school, or home. Also, according to the National Institute of Health, there can be three key reasons for substance abuse. These are biology, such as genes and gender, environment, such as peer pressure, physical and sexual abuse, and excessive exposures, and development where there's a complex interaction of biological and environmental factors. Needless to say, this is a complex issue and one that could relate to over 59 million Americans 12 years or older who are current illegal drug or misused prescription drug users, or over 138 million Americans 12 years or older who drink alcohol. Substance abuse is also a workplace challenge, both for the employees and the employers, and of course, also for the families. In today's podcast, we will discuss the perspectives related to substance abuse at workplace, some of its causes, consequences, and how we might begin to address this problem. Our discussion today is also directly related to the sustainable development goal number three, that focuses on ensuring healthy lives and promoting well-being for all at all ages. In fact, SDG's health, health target 3.5 specifically focuses on strengthening the prevention and treatment of substance abuse, including narcotic drug abuse and harmful use of alcohol. Our guest today to discuss this really important issue is Dr. Miranda Kirillan Lynch who is an associate professor in the Chaplin School of Hospitality and Tourism Management at Florida International University. She received her doctoral degree in hospitality administration from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. She's the director of networking for SEXA Federation of the International Council on Hotel, Restaurant and Institutional Education, as well as the associate editor for the International Hospitality Review and a Blumen Brands DEI Alliance Research Fellow. In 2017, Dr. Kittelin Lynch received the FIU Faculty Senate Award for Excellence in Teaching. And in 2021, she received the FIU Faculty Senate Award for Excellence in Advising and Mentoring. Dr. Kittelin Lynch is a Coca-Cola Endowed Professor, the recipient of International and Domestic Best Paper Awards, and has published over 100 peer-reviewed articles conference proceedings, and trade industry publications. She's also edited a textbook in her area of speciality, 
given the number of media interviews and is the host of the Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. Uh, Dr. Kittelin Lynch, welcome to All in Food Studio. We're delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. And just hearing you read out that bio uh, makes me sound a lot more important than I really am. <laughs> well, well, you are. And, and today, especially... <laughs> And, and especially today, as we talk about this, this uh, really important issue, um, uh, 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 Dr. Kittelin Lynch, uh, Miranda, I'm going to refer to you as Miranda, we are uh, colleagues and friends. Um, yes. Miranda, you've, you've been uh, working on this uh, uh, substance issue, uh, abuse related issues in the food service industry. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what's the scale and scope of this challenge that the industry and the employees are dealing with? Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you the reason that I even got my PhD was because I wanted to dive further into this issue. Uh, my industry background is full service food and beverage. And I saw in my everyday work life that this was uh, substantially um, more significant in food and beverage um, than other industries that my friends and peers were working in. A study published by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration in 2015 found that people working in food services have the third highest rate of substance abuse of any other profession. Um, the only other professions with higher rates were mining and construction. And that same study found that 19.1% of all industry employees reported using illicit drugs at least once in the past month and 12.1% of restaurant managers admitted to illicit drug use within the same time period. Um, and in addition to illicit drug use, alcohol abuse is extremely prevalent among restaurant workers. Mm. So, uh, you know, obviously this is an important uh, challenge uh, for, for a number of people. Um, any particular reasons that you've found in your research or in the literature that this problem exists and, and especially why so in, in the food service industry? Yes, absolutely. So let me preface this by saying that substance abuse um, and substance abuse disorder, these are very personal uh, illnesses, right? So the reasons that someone will, um, will uh, the reasons that people suffer from these illnesses uh, can differ, right? So we can't pin one uh, blanket statement on anything. But we do see trends and patterns that point to the fact that drugs and alcohol tend to be more readily accessible in the food and beverage work environment. Um, also, the food and beverage industry can be incredibly high stress. You've got not only um, emotional labor, but very hard physical labor combined, um, especially now post-pandemic when everyone seems to be just more angry than ever. Um, we've got the long and late work hours, as well as non-traditional work hours, which can lead to more late night socializing. Um, we also have to look at the fact that many food and beverage employees are living below the poverty line, often paycheck to paycheck, which adds to the level of um, stress and the tendency to want to escape from that stress, right? And alcohol use, substance abuse is often used as an escapism mechanism. Um, mm. They also so live it... with little, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 keep, keep going, please. Oh, I just wanted to point out something also really important that they also live not only with little pay, but without benefits. 
So without any health benefits, it makes it very difficult for someone to seek help for anything. So if you're constantly having to work in order to get money to live um, and you're injured, for example, um, you're not going to miss a day of work and not get paid just because you're injured. But if you're in physical pain, you may um, look for a way to escape that pain and continue working. And substance abuse is sometimes a route for this. Hmm. Okay, so just going back to what you started to say, um, uh, uh, what you said, uh, is that, uh, and I, I'm glad you said that, sort of relates to uh, some of the things that I mentioned in the introduction, is that this is an individual level issue. It's, it's, yes. it, it starts from the individual, uh, but then there's this sort of, uh, what, what I mentioned was this dynamic between the biology and the environment, and that's where the the workplace environment comes in. You know, first of all, it could be any workplace, right? Sure. But, but given Absolutely. given given the fact that we are spending so much time at the workplace, that has got to have that influence on on how we deal with that challenge, the individual level yes. challenge. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. And so what some of the workplaces have in them inherently with the job prof profile is certain levels. Of, of risks and, and benefits too, but the risks is where the, the dynamic takes place between the biology and the environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Right. Okay. Um, so, you know, uh, I mean, just going back to the, the business, uh, obviously the business is concerned about these issues. Um, is there some sort of a... I mean, I, I hate to say it this way. It's, it sounds more compl uh, compliance and not curing the, the cause. We, we'll get to that in a minute too. But just looking at it from a business point of view, are there checks uh, or are, are, are there points of interaction with the employees where there can be you know, some incentives to prevent this from happening at the workplace? So that's a, a tricky question to answer. I can tell you that any business um, that has performed, um, uh, any business that wants to protect itself and its employees is going to have a policy, right? Mm -hmm. So just about every business is going to have some sort of substance abuse policy at the workplace. The, the thing is that these policies can exist and these can be very good policies, but if employees are not made aware of these policies on a regular basis, then they're somewhat meaningless. In addition, if these policies are not enforced, then they're somewhat meaningless. And we're hmm. talking about an industry that is operating in a labor shortage. Um, so you can see a tendency for businesses to fall into that warm body syndrome where any warm body will do, we just need bodies to come and do the work. So the tendency to turn a blind eye now and historically towards substance abuse, as long as it's not having a negative impact in the workplace, is it's certainly there, if that makes any mm. sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, so, so you said <clears throat> policies. Can you give me an example of a policy that uh, employees may not be aware of? Um, so I can tell you that... One thing many employees are not fully aware of is the concept of employee assistance programs or EAPs. Um, mm -hmm. So there can be a policy in the workplace that says, you know, we recognize that substance abuse disorder is an illness and we are here to help you. And so we have this employee assistance program in place. Um, however, 
many employees know that there is this thing called an EAP, but they don't really understand what it is, how it works, or how to access it, right? Mm -hmm. And if they are able to access it, for instance, right? So what could these policies or what could these programs, how could they help uh, employees? Well, it's going to differ absolutely um, by business, by state, by organization. Um, But one example would be uh, access to um, counseling services, um, even just given information, perhaps the employee assistance program does not have the funding to pay for treatment, but it could mm. be access to free treatment information. Mm, got it. Uh, uh, treatment information. Of, okay, got it. I understand. Um, and you, you, you mentioned that, you know, oftentimes these policies are not implemented. I'm guessing there's a cost issue related to that in terms of, you know, both time and effort. Is You think so? I, I, I don't think that it's necessarily about the time and effort of getting people help. I think hmm. it's more so the time and effort of I'm already operating in a time deficit and a right. labor deficit. So, yes. Yes, I understand that this person may be using drugs and alcohol, but if they're still performing and it's not having a negative immediate impact on the business, then Hmm. maybe we don't uh, make that the priority. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I meant in terms of the the time and effort required to implement the the, the policy, right? Right, right. Um, You know, just uh, as you were talking about that, you know, that it's not an immediate problem. But in often, in oftentimes, it could become an immediate problem in terms of, you know, uh, turnover, for instance. Of do, course, do you yeah. Think, so do you think turnover could also be related to substance abuse or, or, and the lack of policy implementation and awareness? Yes, absolutely. Turnover can be a part of this. Um, I mean, just think back to, I don't know about you, but back in my college days, I was working in restaurants and going out and partying. And some days, maybe I didn't want to wake up for my shift, Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, 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 of, that's of course never happened to me, you know, Miranda, of course. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely yeah. turnover. Um, and then of course, if you are operating under the influence of any substance, uh, while also trying to work, that can lead to, um, accidents and injuries, uh, lower performance success. Um, it can lead to a number of, of negatives, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, so we so we talked a, a little bit about uh, the impact this could have on the businesses and, and how businesses deal with it. Um, before we get to the employee side of things, um, uh, Miranda, we usually take a, a quick short pause here uh, with a quiz question for our listeners. So let's do that. And then I, I want to talk to you uh, some more about how employees deal with this and you know, what could be some other broader issues that might be contributing to this problem? Um, okay. okay, so uh, today's question, and, and I'm, I'm going to uh, give uh, due credit to, my, uh, uh, to our guest today who contributed to our uh, quiz question. Uh, what percentage of workplace accidents are a result of employee drug and alcohol abuse? So um, we'll come back, of course, and, and give you the answer. Well, the question is, what percentage of workplace accidents are a result of employee drug and alcohol abuse? Okay, Miranda, back to our discussion. Um, 
one one last thing before we move on to the employee and uh, uh, employees perspective we we talked about the possibility of uh, turnover are there other negative impacts that you have found in the literature or in your research uh, that impact that, that that happens on the businesses well you could apply this to any aspect of life but when someone suffers from substance abuse disorder then they are going to it's going to bleed into every aspect of your life so you're probably not going to be on time for things uh in a workplace setting that transfers into you being late for your shift right which will impact the entire organization everyone that's working that shift um mm-hmm. you are probably not going to um how do i say this you may not make the decisions that you otherwise would make so for example you may have less patience in a moment which in mm-hmm. the restaurant setting could translate into less patience with your guest and or coworkers right uh, mm-hmm. which is not a great combination for customer service and or already high stress environments um mm-hmm. so that can lead also to workplace violence you may also um <laughs> I, I want to treat this delicately because like I said substance abuse disorder is an illness um and right so, exactly uh, yeah yeah it's, so you so what you're saying is saying it 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 in so various facets of performance if you want to call it right correct um, yeah. But, yeah and yeah. and any of your listeners if you just think about it any time that you have indulged in any substance think about how you have felt and or behaved right and then yeah. take that feeling and behavior and then drop you into a high stress work environment it's just not going to be as productive or successful as if you were not under the uh influence right yeah okay uh, so you know as you were talking i thought of something else that let's suppose let's suppose one you know it, it, it let's suppose an employee is on the receiving end of things is there research or is the, is the uh, is the guidance also for others on how to deal with someone or how to engage with someone who might be suffering from this challenge i absolutely so these resources are there but i will tell you that i do not in my experience i have not seen them to be made readily available i've certainly never seen any food and beverage establishment who had um detailed and effective training in how to deal with substance abuse disorder in the workplace um i have seen one organization uh, out of chicago it's called pave prevention p a v e prevention hmm. um and they address workplace violence specifically but that incorporates how to uh deescalate people when they become violent agitated um etc um which is just strongly connected to someone who is suffering from substance abuse disorder Mm. and i can i can understand this by itself would be a very sensitive as you rightly said earlier this is could be a very sensitive and and um almost a personal issue uh to even you know I, someone wants to point a finger at me and say that hey i suspect you and now do you see what i mean it's it's hard to yeah, even definitely. identify someone and the the privacy issues here that would come in and that was 
exactly what I was going to lead into is not only is it a very difficult thing to handle at the interpersonal level, but when you think about it in a workplace setting, then the, the legalities of it become very, very sticky, if you will. So then it becomes uh, just sort of looking at it from a recipient's point of view for a second, that it almost becomes, uh, 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 you know, your behavior is based on many assumptions and yet not, uh, how do I say, explicitly defined in that space. Um, and, and then you still got to deal with it. And, and it's the same thing with the leadership. And if I may say so, and also for the person who's, who's suffering from the challenge. So it becomes an interesting problem for all three parties. Yes, absolutely. And then there's also the gray area of um, perhaps someone has not, uh, not indulged, but perhaps someone has not consumed substances at work while they're clocked in, for example, but perhaps they did the night before and they're hmm. still feeling the effect. So it's like, where do you, how do you, um, how do you determine when uh, workplace substance use is happening? If that, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. T turning back to, to, um, uh, to individuals who are suffering from this challenge, you know, fine, the workplace is a contributing factor, but as you rightly said, it is an individual level issue. Uh, what does the research say about the, uh, you know, the, the, the broader challenges that are contributing to, to, to these um, uh, to, as a cause, uh, environmental challenges? Sure, sure. So um, aside from the environment of the restaurant industry, you mean? Like, uh, yeah, 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 more in terms of the societal issues that, that we are facing. Sure. So uh, I'm going to make a statement, and this is not meant political in any stretch of the imagination. This is simply a fact that the majority of the labor force in the restaurant industry does not have health care benefits, as we said before. Okay, mm -hmm. And in combination with working below the poverty line, um, this is just not a situation where people are set up for success in either avoiding substance abuse issues or overcoming them, because if people do not have money to get help, then it's just not going to happen for many people, right? If mm -hmm. people do not have money to live, especially now when it's more expensive to exist in the United States than ever before, um, it's very, very easy for people to fall into escaping through substance abuse. Mm -hmm. So healthcare obviously is, as you rightly pointed out, is a challenge. Um, I think healthcare do, and fair living wages are both very big challenges for our uh, restaurant industry employees. Uh, that, in addition to the societal issues that we're seeing of people being more hostile, violent, um, aggressive, especially to people working in the service industry. I mean, you can open up any social media app and find a video of people abusing airline employees. Uh, quick service restaurant employees, um, any service worker right now is already mm -hmm. struggling. And then with the societal aggression, it, it's not helping. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, the workplace contributes to the, the factor. The, uh, 
post covid we saw many people um walk away from certain types of jobs i mean and i think food service was part of that uh you know that trend where mm-hmm. the industry lot of lost a lot of worker do Absolutely. you think it came do you think it came to a point of you know point of break that people just realized this was not worth it and you know i'm, I'm not going to do this yeah so um i do want to say that i do believe that the food and beverage industry is an amazing industry i love it and it it's a great place for people from all walks of life to become successful. So yeah. I, I do want to say that. But I will also say that for a long time, we have had a system that simply does not benefit the majority of those working within that system. So if the majority of your industry workers are not making a fair wage, are not receiving benefit, are not um, receiving basic needs, um, then Yeah, once people were immediately let go of their jobs uh because that was the nature of the pandemic and then had to find other ways to survive and found that you know what there are other options for me. I don't have to live like this. Then yeah, of course mm-hmm. they're not going to come back. Um but this is a fantastic opportunity for the food and beverage industry to kind of um renaissance and and come back differently and better for everyone. And if that means taking, you know, a zero out of some billionaire's uh annual salary, then I think that's probably worth it for society as a whole and for our industry as a whole. Yeah. Any um advice, any suggestions for for the industry or or even our employees that you feel is necessary for them to understand based on the research that you have read or you have conducted. Yeah, so for anyone working in the industry that's struggling, I want them to know that there is help. Um I know that that does not fix the problem because people need to want help, recognize that there is help and have access to help. Um there's a really great community of chefs, bartenders, line cooks, servers, sommeliers, etc. um who have found and or are seeking sobriety called Ben's friends B E N apostrophe S friends um and they it, it's free to access the community and access the support and assistance that they offer you can find them just googling Ben's friends um there is also an opportunity for owners and operators and managers to educate themselves pass on that education to their employees and maybe that's something as simple as posters in the back of house that uh employees can see that have the resources listed maybe they're just not aware of what is out there for them again for free mm-hmm. yeah okay um but I, i really want to thank you you know these are difficult topics and this is this is definitely one of those challenging discussions that that any any time would be a challenging discussion with anyone so i really want to thank you for handling this so delicately and and providing the you know right and accurate information. Of course, thank you so much for the opportunity. This is such an important topic for so many people. Um so thank you for helping spread the word. Yeah, please stay with us. Uh going to share the answer to the question. Um so the the question as we said was um uh, related to the percentage of workplace accidents that um are a result of employee drug and alcohol abuse. 
Um, according to the U.S. Department of Labor, uh, 2021 statistics, drug and alcohol abuse causes 65% of accidents in the workplace. That's in all workplaces, uh, not just in any one industry. A study published in the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration in 2015 found that people working in food service have the third highest rate of substance abuse of any other profession. The only professions, I think uh, Miranda also referred to this earlier, uh, with higher rates of substance abuse was mining and construction. Um, it is not just line and entry level prof- uh, employees that are participating in substance abuse behavior. Uh, again, according to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, in 2015, they found that 19.1% of all industry employees reported using illicit drugs at least once in the past month, and 12.1% of restaurant managers admitted, admitted to illicit drugs within the same time period. So this is not uh, restricted to any one type of employees. <clears throat> Miranda, thank you again for being with us today. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. And to you all, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast or the information um, related to this was valuable to you, please share it with two or more people who you think will benefit from listening to it. While in today's podcast, we focused on the food service industry. And as Dr. Uh, Kittel and Lynch pointed out, needless to say, substance abuse is not a problem for a singular industry or a population demographic. We merely hope today's discussion will shed light on the issues surrounding this problem. Also, if you or anyone close to you needs more information or help related to substance abuse, you can call 1-800-662-4357. And as always, make safe and informed choices. Good choices as well. Um, Above all, please stay healthy and cheerful. Until next time from the All In Food Studios, this is Amit Sharma. Thank you for listening.